Tell me something. What do you think of when you think of freedom? Give me some words. Freedom. What comes to mind when you think of freedom? Anything at all. What comes to your mind? What is it? Liberty. Yeah, liberty. What else comes to mind? Boundaries. That's good. What else? Cost. Absolutely. Cost. What else? Come on, talk to me this morning. Worship the Lord. Responsibility. Love when you think of freedom. What else? Come on. Release. Release. Peace, I heard a brother say. Anything else? Soldiers. I think of that when I think of freedom. Joy. When you, when you think of freedom, you think of joy. Relief. Sacrifice. It takes sacrifice to get freedom. Independence. Honor. What else? Without, we're able to worship without persecution. How about that? Release all of those types of things. Amen. You know, when you think of uh, Independence Day and what, how we celebrate Independence Day, I'm sure you guys think of all those. I think of ribs mostly, you know, but <laughs> no, you, you know, you think of all those things. You, you know, we heard the fireworks going off last night. I couldn't get to sleep, so I was a little, a little sleepy this morning, but that's okay. I, I know they were celebrating and you hear the fireworks go off the whole weekend and, and all that we think about when we think about freedom. I was, I was looking at some things about America's freedom. And <clears throat> do you know, did you realize that the Declaration of Independence that was signed in 1776 was really not a document that was declaring war with England? England had King George at the time. And that document was not a document that declared war with England. In fact, when that document was signed, it really didn't give us our freedom at that time. Our freedom didn't come until about seven years later when the Revolutionary War, a treaty was signed. I believe it was about 1783, and that did it. But when I really looked it up, listen to what that document really did, what the forefathers thought when they signed that document, the Declaration of Independence. This document the purpose of it for the colonists was to declare their world to the world their belief in a personal, infinite God, their creator, who endowed them with certain inalienable rights or absolute rights. To the men of that time, it was self-evident that if the inalienable rights they were urging were, to, were not seen in the context of Christianity, then they were without content, illusions, Nothing but dreams. To have absolute rights, our forefathers had to acknowledge the absolute authority of God. That was the crux of that document. So all that we celebrate today with all of the ribs and the fire. I keep mentioning ribs. Let's see ribs today. Fireworks and uh, all of the things. We have the right to do whatever we want to do. We have the right to do this and do that. We must not forget what the document, the Declaration of Independence, was really there for. It declared that God gave us certain inalienable rights to serve him, to worship freely. Amen? I remember being in the army. If you have your Bible, turn to Exodus. I'm not going to keep you very long. Exodus chapter 5. I remember going to the service for the first time, and I got to basic training. And, uh, of course, I didn't have, you know, the, the belly that I have now. You know, I was a little guy, probably looked like you, Brian. I was 
Well, I didn't have the, you know, but I, I didn't, I was skinny. That's what I mean. And uh, so I went, I was probably about 140 pounds, maybe, ringing wet. And uh, I tell you, I got there and uh, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, as soon as you get there, I mean, people were just yelling and screaming and you don't know what's happening. And you got to, and you line up real quick, you know, you figure out what's going on real fast. And they, we had these uh, big duffel bags. And the duffel bag had about 140 pounds worth of stuff in it. I mean, it was your clothes. It was everything, right? And so we had to lug and drag these duffel bags around. So they put all them on the truck, and they put all of us on the truck, and took us out to our unit. Okay, anybody in, been in the service here? Anybody remember basic training? Nobody? I know Becky does. Some of you, of course, Brian. Yeah, Dr. Dotter. All right, they took us out to our unit. And they said, Carter, you're in you know, 4th platoon, whatever it is. So I want you all to line up. Everybody, line up, soldiers. So we all lined up, you know, we were looking, it was, before, it was the beginning of basic, so we we're kind of looking, you know, kind of, we weren't squared away, you know, and uh, we're just looking sad, and they just walked by and said, boy, these sad, sad guys right here. We're going to whip you into shape in about eight weeks. So one of the things they did was they put all of our duffel bags in the center, all right, of the place there, right in the center, piled them all up, 140 pounds each. And they said, this is what I'm going to do. Joe Sergeant said, I'm going to call your name. I want you to recite your social security number. So if you hadn't memorized your social security number by that point, you were in trouble. I want you to recite your SS. And then I want you to run. Everything you did was running. You could not walk. I want you to run, grab your bag. And then I want you to run to your foot locker at the end of your bed, take everything out and put it in. Get squared away. So I'm sitting there thinking. I said, okay, I got to run, grab my bag. Now, that's going to be a problem right there because my bag is 140 pounds, and I weigh 140 pounds. So you see what's going on here. This is not going to work. How am I going to do that? Then I looked, and he said, you're in fourth platoon. So I looked, and I looked up, and the sign said fourth platoon on the fourth floor. I said, good Lord, how in the world am I going to do this? I started thinking, okay, I, I can't do this. I'm ready, to qu- I'm ready to go home. Time out. I had enough. Ain't been there but 10 minutes, Mom. I said, I had enough. That's enough. That's enough for me. But all of a sudden, the drill, started start- the drill sergeant started yelling, screaming, and I got scared. Started shaking. And then he came down, and he said, Carter! I said, 2886-2482. I grabbed that thing. Before I knew it, I was sitting on my bed four flights up with a 140-pound rucksack, duffel bag, ready to go, ready to be squared away. And I looked, and I thought, how in the world did I do that? And one of the things it taught me is that you never know what you're able to do until you are pushed to do it. One of the things that we as Christians don't realize is we are able to do the impossible because we have the impossible doer within us. The only thing that stops us is us. If I wouldn't have moved when he yelled, I probably would have been doing some push-ups, but I never would have grabbed that. I never would have known what I could do if I wouldn't have got up and moved. You see, freedom allows us to do the impossible. It, it, it separates us from tyranny. It allows us to do the things that God has called us to do. 
It allows us to reach our purpose. But so many of us as Christians, I'm not calling any names, but so many of us don't realize the freedom that we have, the freedom from sin, the freedom from habits, come on, the freedom from an oppressed thought life, the freedom from sickness and disease. I know the enemy brings things on you. Come on. He just, he, he's going to keep doing that. But are you going to make a stand and speak the word of God? Come on. The freedom from all of these things. The freedom from offense. Come on. He gives us that. We can, people can try to offend us, but only when you allow it to happen. Come on, is when those chains are on you. I just want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about broken chains this morning. Exodus chapter 5, look just there at verse 1. Now, Moses and Aaron here went to Pharaoh. Says, they said to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. Come on. Let my people go. That they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Another version said that they may come and worship me, free to worship. In that one verse, here's what I came to realize about freedom. So many of us, we may get a word from the Lord. Maybe we even read our Bible. Maybe we get an unction and say, okay, I'm done with it. I'm going to set myself free. I'm going to go do it. The Lord gives us a word. And we go and face our situation. We go to face the problem. But it seems like inadvertently we forget to speak what the Lord told us to speak. We begin to try to do it in our own power. You try to get out of debt. God says, all right, it's time for you to get out of debt. You can do it. You can do the impossible. So you say, yeah, I have a word from the Lord. And then you go out and you start getting loans and combining stuff and getting three jobs and doing all kinds of things that the Lord never told you to do. One of the things that I realize about Moses and Aaron here, look at the first part of the verse. It says, afterward, Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh. And what's the first thing they said? They didn't go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. It's not what they said. Read it again. They said, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, let my people go. We need to start speaking the word of God to our situations. You want some broken chains in your life? Begin to speak the word of God. Don't speak what's in your heart. Don't give someone the small peace of mind that some of us have left. Come on. Don't think and try to come up with stuff. Go to the word and see what God would say about the thing. I mean, if you want some walls to come down, if you want some chains to be broken, we need to speak the word of God. Here's what we need to realize. As Christians, we understand that God lives in eternity. There is no time in eternity. For us, time measures how we move forward. But for God, once he speaks something, well, it's already done. You've heard that before. When God says it to him, it already is because he's in eternity and there is no time. So he already sees it. He says it and already sees it. 
He speaks it and it already manifests. Now to us, time has to go by for a thing to manifest, doesn't it? But what we don't have in our mind is that God already spoke the thing. It's already going to happen. It's an inevitability if God truly spoke it. Why then do we allow ourselves to get discouraged when we have a word from the Lord? When you read the Bible and it says, Oh, no man, nothing but to love them. And you take that to yourself and say, Oh, that means that I don't need to be in debt. I can change my habits and I can get out of this thing. And you go for a year and you're not out of debt yet. Though you have a word from the Lord, you begin to get discouraged. And you say, well, I might as well just keep on spending. I'm never going to get out of debt. I can get healthy. I can lose this weight. I can do this. I can do that. But time goes by and you don't see the manifestation. And so we say, well, I might as well just keep on eating unhealthy. I might as well keep on doing this and doing that because I don't see any results. Not understanding that in eternity, the thing has already happened. But we don't hold on to that. When God said, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, the people were already free. Y'all might not get this. Y'all might not understand what I'm saying to you this morning. Once God told Moses, go, you and Aaron, tell the people, tell Pharaoh, let my people go, the chains were broken. The manifestation hadn't come yet, but the chains were broken. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The people were going to be free. It's just how do you want to do it, Pharaoh? You want to line up with the thing or do you want some plagues to come? Because I'm telling you, my people are free. Because I spoke the word. When God speaks the word, the thing is already done. We just need to walk it out so that it will manifest. Philip Brooks said this. He said, no man in this world attains to freedom from any slavery except by entrance into some higher servitude. That's what we don't want to get in our mind. We're thinking, oh my goodness, I want to get free I'm free now, I can just do what I want. But I heard somebody say freedom means boundaries. And that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. How can freedom mean boundaries? If we were left to ourselves, there's no telling how soon we would kill ourselves. Come on. May not believe it. Freedom is a liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of another. But it is also liberation unto the Lord. Now, Paul said, I am bound by the chains of God that I might be free from my oppressor. How can he say that? Because God is not your oppressor. God brings you liberation. God wants the best for you. He knows the thoughts that he has toward you. Thoughts of good and not evil. Come on. Freedom is power. Freedom is exemption. It's immunity. It's liberty. So many of us are tied to so many things. Alcohol, habits, offenses, bad attitude. Come on. Wrong mindset, carnal mind thinking, traditions, old ways of doing things. I was reading a story 
Wayland Pendergrass, Tampa, Florida. Now, this is a true story. He's 37 years old. He committed a spur-of-the-moment robbery one night while he was on his way home from a late-night drinking session. Oh, he was inebriated. He had tied one on. Mr. Pendergrass, he was on his way home, and he forced his way into the house through an open upstairs window, filled up a suitcase with cash and valuables before setting the living room on fire to cover his tracks. He was drunk now, come on. He then escaped through the back door, and he wanted to make his way home, chuckling and laughing all the way at what he had gotten. Only as he walked further and turned corners, he finally turned the corner onto his own street, realizing that there were fire engines outside of his house. And then he realized that in his drunkenness, he had in fact burglarized and ignited his own property. His, com his comment was, I didn't realize I had so many valuable possessions. Sometimes we don't realize what freedom has bought us, what the blood of Christ has bought us. And even as we in America here celebrate this Independence Day, what the blood of the soldiers have bought us, sometimes we don't realize it. Things like running water and a shower. <laughs> Come on. The ability to worship without being persecuted. Electricity, running water, basic needs, the ability to go to the store and buy whatever we want. Sometimes I look and say there's too much choice. Come on. We take those things for granted. And even beyond the physical blessings, there is so much that God has given us through Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God of the and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. God has spoken a word, and he has set you free. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He looked up to the sky, and he said, it is finished. So any chain that is holding you this morning is simply because you are allowing it to hold you. Because Christ said it is finished. John 8, 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus emphasized the freedom with the word indeed. Come on. That would indicate that freedom any other way isn't true freedom. If the Son makes you free, you're free what? Indeed. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There is liberty. Wherever God's Spirit is, there is liberty. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, in the freedom by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is he telling us there? When you are entangled with the yoke of bondage, whatever habit it may be, come on. It is because we entangle ourselves in it. That's what we must realize. God spoke it. Even if it hasn't manifest, it's already true. 
Well, what do we need to do? We need to decide to allow the Son to set you free. Come on. Because if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. We need to go where the Spirit of the Lord is. We Not to go where the spirits are. Come on, somebody. I know sometimes we go where the spirits are. But you're not free when you're with the spirits. Go where the Spirit of the Lord is. And then realize and accept your freedom. There's nothing you can do. You can't impress God. You can't do things for him to make you free. All you need to do is realize and accept it. I recently read in one of the history books in the library I have at home. I read how on July 31st, 1838 on the island of Jamaica, a man named William Nibs gathered 10,000 slaves for a great praise gathering. They were celebrating the new Emancipation Proclamation Act that would abolish slavery on the island. They had built an immense coffin, and into it they were placing whips and branding irons, chains, fetters of all kinds, slave garments, and all things that represented the terrible slavery system that was now coming to a welcome end. At the first stroke of midnight, Nibs shouted out, The monster is dying. At each stroke of the bell that followed, this cry was repeated, and the great crowd began to join in with the cry. At the twelfth stroke, ten thousand voices cried out, the monster is dead. The monster is dead. Let us bury him. Then they screwed the coffin lid down, lowered it into a huge grave and covered it up. That night every heart rejoiced and 10,000 voices grew hoarse, shouting and crying with joy. Once they were in bondage to slavery, but now they were free. Well, there's a tragic side to this story. While many rejoiced in their new liberty and freedom, there were some slaves in remote areas of the island that did not know that they had legally been set free. Because they didn't know for many years after the Emancipation Proclamation had, made, had been made law, they still continued to serve their slave masters. And of course, their slave masters successfully kept the news from them as long as they could. By law, they had been declared free and did not have to live as slaves any longer. However, ignorance of the truth kept them in bondage. How many of us find ourselves ignorant of the truth that Jesus has set us free? An even sadder story is today. If we'd, we'd hear a story of something like that happening, we'd be shocked, sympathetic, and even angry. But the truth is, the same type of thing is happening in our day. Jesus Christ, because of his victory against sin on the cross, has issued an emancipation proclamation of liberty and freedom from sin to everyone on this earth. But like some of those Jamaicans were, there are those today that just don't understand that they no longer have to live as slaves to sin any longer. And the devil is trying to keep them in that mindset. 
Satan would keep your mind believing that you must live in bondage to sin because you are a nobody. But God would tell you this morning that you are valuable. He would say to you this morning that I have set you free. I know you have habits. I know you have offenses. I know you fail from time to time. But God would tell you this morning, when you fail, look to me. Don't be like Adam and Eve, run and hide. Don't listen to others. Don't listen to the man on the television or one of your friends. Look to me, the Lord says, for I have already set you free. Should you fail, don't go back to the Lord and ask him for freedom. I hesitate to say this, but I'll even say this this morning. Ask your friend for forgiveness when you offend them. When you fall short with the Lord, God doesn't want so much for you to ask him for forgiveness. Now, don't shout me down. He's already forgiven you. Well, yeah, but now I sinned again after he forgave me. He already knew you was going to do that. Before you were born, he knew what you was going to do when you turned 47 years old. Come on. He knew how you was going to fall short. It's a conundrum, isn't it? And what's going to bake your noodle is that he already forgave you of the sin you haven't even committed yet. Oh, come on. I'm talking to you this morning now. He's already forgiven you of sins you haven't committed. Now, some would think, oh, well, that's just a right to go out and sin then. He already forgave me. I would say two words to you, God forbid, because the Lord will crush you if you take him for granted. Come on. He'll still forgive you. He's already forgiven you. But here's what God is calling us to do. Repent. You're going this way, you'd have messed up. Don't, God forgive me. No, he's saying turn. Repent. Don't do it anymore. I want your obedience more than I want your sacrifice. More than you coming to me crying and wailing about what you did, I want you to get up and turn and do the right thing. Because the chains are broken. I need you to decide to allow the Son to free you. I need you to go to where the Spirit of the Lord is. And I need you to realize and accept the freedom that God has already given you.